Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. BJ Howes Metal and the coast tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. I've got to say, we've had some great venues this year, but this is just a $10 million view, Buttes. Absolutely glorious. It was your call to come to the Sailing Club. Uh, maybe a light nor'easterly breeze and just perfection here on the back deck. It is befitting of our final show to be here because... It's been a fun year, I've got to say. But to be here to finish it off, sun is shining, the water is glistening, and it doesn't get much better, Steve. Yeah, and we'll have a lot of people to thank through the morning. We've got yeah. a crack, cracking show as well. Nick Montgomery, the head coach of the Mariners, will join us very shortly. Luke King, at around about 9.30, will dissect what happened in Abu Dhabi. Can you believe the finale to the Formula One season and... I watched the highlights again last night. Plenty of controversy. I'm looking forward to hearing what Lightning Luke has to say. He won't hold back. That's all I know. Matt Horsner will join us, the coach of Nicola McDermott. What a highlight in 2021 Mm. and uh, a silver medal at the Tokyo Games. But right now, the man alongside us, uh, David Slingsby, joining us, the the, uh, dad of Tom Slingsby, who's competing at Sail GP in Sydney. Good morning, mate. Welcome to the show. Morning, Steve. Michael. Hey, I've got to say, David Slingsby, he's got the best voice in oh, radio. How deep is it? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, great to see you, mate. And uh, did you go down yesterday? No, we actually watched Sail GP here at the club yesterday afternoon. We had uh, quite a few friends here and uh, some of the sailors came along. I think there were about 60 of us here at the club. Uh, it was wonderful. I'm, yeah, I'm just looking here. Sorry sorry to take you away, Dave. From what, but we've got a flock of ducks. Is that what you call them? A flock of ducks? No, no. A fleet. fleet yeah. A fleet. A fleet of ducks. Just paddling in. You've They're going done, 100 mile an hour. You've, you've done it again, Butte. Oh, a, a flock of ducks. Hey, hey, Dave, so yesterday Spain jumped out of the blocks. Uh, how did you assess the way the Australians went? There was also some carnage at the start of race three. Yeah, well, the highlight of yesterday really was uh, Spain. They did uh, did very well. They got good starts in all three races. Um, they won the first race. Uh, I think they finished second in the next one and, and third in the last one or so. So they're on top of the leaderboard at the moment for, for Sail GP Sydney. Um, with... Uh, there was um, yeah carnage as you mentioned in the third race uh, b- just prior to the start about 10 or 15 seconds prior to the start um, Great Britain sort of pulled away and bounced over the top of uh, Japan and actually cut the bow off uh, off Japan mm. so I understand that well you know Great Britain's been uh, sort of penalised heavily and in fact uh, their boat is going to be used by Japan today because they couldn't repair the Japanese boat overnight. It's a shame for Japan because they won race two, is that correct? They and did. Nathan Outeridge on board? Yep. Yeah, Nathan uh, from up at Lake Macquarie. And, uh, yeah, Nathan uh, didn't sound very happy there after the accident. But, uh, anyway, hopefully they've got it sorted. How does the format work? Is there five races and then a final? 
Correct, yeah. So there's five fleet races. So three fleet races yesterday, each with eight boats in it. And uh, today uh, there'll be uh, two fleet races and then the top three boats after those five races go into the final. Mm. It's uh, Obviously they're regarded as the Formula One on water, mm -hmm. these boats. The, you know, the speeds that they get up to, it's quite phenomenal. Um, Tom, a uh, little bit disappointed in one of his races yesterday, finishing seventh. Yeah, in the, the second race he had some technical problem with yep. the boat where he was, apparently wasn't able to control the boards going up and down properly, so that held him up. But they fixed that between races, and uh, then he won the third race, which was good to see. Come hey, back with a vengeance. Look, mm. can, can I just check? So you're leaving here in about 10 minutes, and you're off to get a train. Mm -hmm. Why is the father of the skipper of Australia training it down to Sydney? Why isn't there is some... A helicopter? Well, I thought there'd be a chopper. Limo? Yeah. Something. You, you should be going first class to Sydney. Uh, in fact, you should have your own private boat <laughs> that gets you down there. What, what, what's doing? Well, yeah, we're going down to uh, Shark Island today. And, uh, yes, we're going to catch the train down uh, shortly. Um, Maybe it's plan B. Well, Maybe it's plan B. He's, he's a man of the people. Uh, plan B. Maybe he's having a couple of quiet ones. I yeah. think you've got the wrong impression about, uh, you know, parents of good sailors. So <laughs> yeah. they, they don't get everything. Hey, uh, David, uh, is there more incentive financially? I think if they finish top three, I, I think I saw a snippet of Tom saying they need to finish top three and then there's cash bonuses. Yeah, so, you know, the top three after the five fleet races will go into, you know, the final race. And, yes, they, there is a cash bonus uh, for it. Uh, just seeing some of the sailors down here this morning, they said that it's all over pretty quickly. Like, within an hour, they get through their three races. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, the, the, they have a window of an hour and a half. And, uh, yes, each of the races is only about 12 minutes long or so. Wow. And uh, they have very fixed times for it for broadcasting rights and things like that i, t I tell you what i love buttes i picked up the telegraph today and uh, a couple of pages back in the sports section sailing uh you know it's a sport we all love and it deserves far more coverage well it doesn't get a better backdrop than sydney harbour i dare say and when you're looking at what these things are and the way they go through the water like yeah. it's just absolute perfection and uh, you know it deserves the uh the airtime that they certainly uh, getting certainly. at the moment yeah, and uh, all the you know overseas sailors that are here at the moment, all their comments are just so positive about sailing on the harbour. Yeah, really good for them. So, Dave, the um, with a big day today, you head down to Shark Island. Is that you know the best location to be watching and viewing yeah. it from? Yeah, Shark Island's pretty much in the in the middle of the course. Yep. Uh, so you get a good view there. Um, you know, another option is going out on one of the Captain Cook Cruises uh, ships. And uh, they get a you know a, a premium sort of spot there to yep. watch the race from. Hey, hey, David, today we'll be talking about highlights and fearless predictions. Uh, nearly with every guest that comes on. Well, what's <laughs> been your highlight of 2021, and what's your fearless prediction for 2022? Mm. Highlight of 2021. Well, it's probably... Uh, it's going to happen today. Hopefully. It's coming. It's yeah, coming. Well, Tom's on, on top of Australia, is on top of the uh, the leaderboard at the moment for uh, Sail GP. Uh, Sydney event finishes today. And then the final is uh, in San Francisco uh, at the end of March. So it's quite a long wait until the final. There, there was supposed to be an event in Christchurch in New Zealand at the end of January, but uh, they couldn't get the permits to uh, take people in with the quarantine restrictions. I've seen the races in San Francisco, and it doesn't get much better than with the Golden Gate Bridge in the background. Oh, a great venue. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to uh, 
sail in San Francisco, and it's a beautiful place. Great could, breeze too. Could you have ever imagined that your son, who started down here, five-time laser world champion, Olympic mm. gold medalist, could you ever have imagined that he'd go through, I know, I know he sailed in the moths, all these different classes, and now in these, like Butte said, the Formula One's on water. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Sail GP didn't exist, of course, uh, until a couple of years ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're incredibly proud of, uh, you know, what Tom's uh, achieved. Um, you know, I remember when he was in, uh, I think, about year 11 or so, and uh, he came to me and said, look, Dad, I don't need to uh, do year 12. I'm going to uh, make a living out of sailing. And uh, you, you bloody stay at school. <laughs> what, is, is, there one, is there one moment, Dave? Is there one standout performance, one standout race, one standout achievement that just sits above the rest? Uh, the one that you know really stands out to us, of course, is the London Olympics and the gold medal there. We were lucky enough to have all the family over there, all up on the, the Noth, the hill overlooking the course, and it was just an amazing experience. And then to go to uh, you know, the medal ceremony and uh, be part of that, yeah. singing the national anthem. Yeah, it, that, that was awesome. And then mm. we've had another sailor from Gosford win another Olympic medal in, uh, in Rio in the same event. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Tom Burton uh, mm. was a member of the club here, and uh, he won, you know, the laser gold medal in Rio, and uh, then of course an Australian uh, won the gold medal in um, uh, in the, the most recent Olympics. Hey, for, can for I, Matt Wern from uh, WA? Can yeah. I backtrack? How did you go when you're in San Francisco when you sailed? It's an opportunity to, to talk yourself <laughs> talk up. Talk it up, mate. Talk it up. Well, the last time I sailed in San Francisco, I was lucky enough to get a ride on the 72-foot uh, foiling catamarans that they used in 2013. And, uh, you know, uh, we were out watching them train, and uh, then I got, got a call to you know, bring Dad on board the boat. And uh, every time those boats go out, they do 40 knots, don't they? Well, when I was on board, 39.5. I was really... Uh -huh. Really pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> do you still get a Do you still get a buzz out of it, like jumping on the boat and sailing and, and doing oh, all those things? Yeah, I sail. You know, Etchells uh, yep. down here. We also uh, sail a yacht, a boat out there, Mac Two, and Melges Thirty Two. So still do a lot of sailing. It's good. Yeah, good. Yeah, and this club. Uh, how would you describe it? What it means to you and your family and so many people in this community? Because. You know, it's been through a metamorphosis. It's just glorious where we are. Uh, MBN TV, we had a Christmas dinner upstairs last night, and I said, this has got to be one of the world's best views when the sun's setting late in the afternoon. Yeah. It's pretty special. Yeah, no, it is a special place, and uh, we've been able to uh, do a few renos upstairs to brighten it up a bit, and uh, I think people are... You know, appreciating that. Hey, can I also ask you, can you believe, you know, you hear the saying there's something in the water, but, you know, Nathan Outeridge from just up the road, Ian mm -hmm. Jansen, uh, you know, Tom, Tom Slingsby from here, Tom Burton, you know, when you consider that some of the world's best sailors, Darren Bundock was, uh, you know, lived in Berkeley Vale for mm -hmm. a long time and sailed on Tugra Lakes. Mm -hmm. You've got some of the world's best within such a close proximity. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Nathan and Goobs and, uh, you know, Tom sailed against them since he was a, a young kid. And, uh, yeah, they, they really push each other along. Yeah. You know, you look at Sail GP, there's three Australian skippers amongst the eight boats. It's pretty neat. Yeah. What, do you, what are you expecting today, Dave? Today, well, the forecast is for about 20 knots of breeze, mm -hmm. so uh, it's going to be pretty exciting down there. Um, I'd like to think we get a couple of good results in uh, the two fleet races and yep. uh, then... Hopefully Australia will be in the final three and uh, see how we go.
Yeah. Bring, bring it home in the final. Yeah, beautiful yeah. stuff. Hey, can you do, do me a favour? Can you just say, with your voice, <laughs> see, I've got, just work with me. Can you say this? Can you say, another block of non-stop rock on Triple M? Another block of non-stop rock on Triple M. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, the sailing thing, you should have given that up years ago. Hey, radio had you. Uh, yeah. What a setup. Hey, uh, great, great to see you, my friend. Uh, best wishes uh, to Tom later on today and to the entire Slingsby family and uh, wishing you guys a Merry Christmas and all the best for 2022. Thank you very much, Steve, and yeah, Merry Christmas to both of you. And Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great to be down here. David Slingsby, our first guest of the morning, his son Tom, the skipper of Australia in Sale GP. Uh, a couple of incredible races yesterday, some carnage between Japan and also Great Britain and the Aussies. Well, hopefully, we'll get the job done across the weekend. This is Saturdays on the Coast. We're off to our first break. Back with Nick Montgomery, head coach of the Mariners, in just a few moments. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back to Gosford Sailing Club. <laughs> Steve-O just juggling a few things here. But we are back, and what a beautiful location it is here down at the Gosford Sailing Club. Great to talk to Dave Slingsby. He has got a massive day-to-day with his son, Tom, competing in the GP uh, down on Sydney Harbour. Doesn't get much better than that, Steve, does it? Hey, Butes, uh, you jumped in the commentary box at the uh, Mariners last week. I, I loved it. We're hoping to get uh, Nick Montgomery on shortly and a 2-0 win against Sydney FC. And, wow, what a performance. Uh, first goal scored by Urania. Maresh scoring his first goal of the campaign. And, you know, it was a must-win game for the Central Coast Mariners, I believe. Sydney FC, they're kind of wallowing. Can you believe they haven't won a game in the A-League this year? I know they've won the FFA Cup match yep. in the last week, but, you know, just superb and our first home game of the season. It was a good performance for the Mar- And, you know, I think an important one, and Mon- uh, I think Nick Montgomery would uh, agree with me here in terms of they needed to have success in this first home game, and they did that and did it well against Sydney FC. Um, a really solid performance. I like the Latino boys, what they're doing up front there. They just create so many opportunities uh, and so many chances. The back line, it's a youthful back line, uh, and they defended well, I've got to say. I'll tell you who had a blinder in his first home game is young Jacob Farrell. Yeah. Now, now, I know we've spoken about him a lot on this sports show. I know he's got a connection with some of our great mates, including Tony Clark and, and Kerry Clark, and... He was superb last week. He threw himself into every contest. You know, and that's what you want to see. I, I think there were a few years, maybe under Tony, Tony Wormsley, where the Mariners, where they just didn't seem like they were playing for the shirt. You know what I liked? The 50-50 contest, they won 70% of them, right? And, and it's, it was due to that aggression. It was due to that enthusiasm. It was due to everything that Nick Montgomery was about as a player. He's instilled that in his players now, and you can see it. And if you're winning those 50-50 battles more often than not, you're going to put your team in a really good position, and it just builds this confidence amongst themselves. Yeah, the first goal, uh, there was a, an incredible tackle from Oli Bazanic. Then, then the through ball from yep. Aresh, the young Brazilian. And Aranha, uh, I know I said it on the air last week in the commentary with SEM, but Aranha... I believe he's one of the best signings the Mariners have ever made. He's a two-time World Cup player, scored in a World Cup as well. Uh, we were privileged too last week. We had the great Paul Wade in the box, oh. former Australian captain. What were your thoughts? Oh, how good. You know what? I agree with you about your, uh, Arena. 
Um, you can just see that touch of class. Like, he just has so much time on the ball. And you know what I also like? He's actually still given as much. Like, he, he's no prima donna or anything like that. He's actually in there working as hard as every other player, whether they're 18 or 36, whatever he is. But you can just see that class. Paul Wade, outstanding. Great to have him on board. And, uh, you know, just his insight as a former Australian captain. He knows the game and, and knows it well. Yeah, and the thing about Arrhenia, and I think this separates the great sports people, he's got a little turn of speed that's deceptive. Yeah. Like, yeah. he can just smoke guys. And let's not forget, I think he's in his early 30s now. Yeah. So I've loved watching him play. And you're right about class, uh, because if there's any criticism of the A-League at times, it's in that final third. There's teams that play a lot of pretty football but don't convert. Yeah, well, so, well, fortunately for the Mariners, uh, last weekend they did convert. They they did convert and then got you know two goals and it was a really strong performance from them and you know a big game today against Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, you know it's important that they back that up with another victory at home. Yeah, the countdown to kick off is on uh, around about uh, what, what would you say, Butes? Maybe one kilometre from where we are right now mate, across across the waterway. You could actually go for a dip in your speedos which you've got on right now and just swim on over yeah superfish alan <laughs> superfish hey, alan there we uh, go lightning luke king has joined us but right now we're going to go to a, a surfing interview and it's uh, ethan smith who's announced in the last week that he's stepping down from surfing new south wales after almost a decade he put up a post on instagram that i absolutely love with some of his highlights ethan good morning mate welcome back to the show good morning how you going guys yeah, we're well, and uh, it was great to catch you yesterday. First of all, can we step through the announcement from the state government and also Surfing New South Wales about the contest at Avoca, at Port Stephens, at Maroubra? It's the Surfing New South Wales Surf Series. Yeah, so I guess it's, uh, it's the, the New South Wales Pro Surf Series was something that we implemented back in uh, 2016. Um, it was basically, uh, it was designed to sort of give, I guess, surfers regionally a chance to, I guess, uh, engage in a bit of a road trip uh, up and down the New South Wales coastline, compete and hopefully get enough points to, uh, you know, get into the higher ranked events. Yeah, we love the road trip. Uh, one of the things about the uh, Central Coast contest at Avoca, $60,000 prize money, I believe, in 2022 and, and parity between the men and the women. So the same prize money. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see. I mean, every, obviously everything's sort of heading that way now with uh, across all sorts of sports. And uh, yeah, surfing, uh, you know, was a bit of a trailblazer in announcing that, making sure that at the World Tour level that everyone is uh, is seeing pay parity um, and that, you know, basically, you know, equal prize money for uh, men and women. And with this, you know, the depth of talent now with, uh, across both uh, genders, it's, it's not surprising to see and it's uh, definitely well-deserved. Hey, Ethan, I want to get to your top 10 mm. moments that you posted. Uh, but yesterday, we were privileged. Molly Picklam was with us, back from Hawaii after narrowly missing qualifying for the World Tour in 2022. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Moles, uh, she's, uh, she's taken that on her chin, to her credit. Um, yeah, she seems to, uh, you know, just be ready to, uh, you know, re-hit, hit the drawing board again. And I was actually listening to a podcast that referenced her this morning that actually said that, they believe that she's just going to come out and absolutely rip shreds off everyone uh, next year. So, you know, it might actually work in her favour to come out, start fresh, have that little bit of experience on the uh, on the Challenger Series and then just go and rip everyone's heads off come 2022. <laughs> yeah. And look, I've got to say, Ethan, it never hurts to, you know, have a couple of um, 
things go against you or, you know, things don't go it's quite the way you expected. Setbacks. Setbacks. And, and you know, what it will lead to is her digging deep because there's no doubt she's got the talent and the ability to, to go all the way. And uh, this is just one a, a little setback for her, but there's no doubt that she'll have a, a massive career further down the track. Mate, just going, as Steve touched on earlier, uh, your top 10 highlights. Uh, I'm sure it was a hard list to compile. Let's go through uh, 10 to 5. Let's start. Oh, mate. Well, it's pretty easy, actually, when you uh, pretty much look at it only with the eyes of just uh, picking your friends. Uh, so it was actually not too bad. So, and I was pretty uh, pretty clear about the fact that it was, it was driven uh, mainly by nepotism. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I guess 10 would probably be just, uh, I guess, the camaraderie I developed with some of the staff members over that time. Um, there was a bit of a double-edged one in there for, you know, Jughead, uh, obviously local North Shelley Charger fireman. Um, who's, uh, you know, pretty world-renowned as a bit of a big wave maniac. He um, he sort of hit his head back in 2016 or 2017, uh, surfing in Cape Salander at the Red Bull Cape Fear event, uh, and then returned uh, when the when the series uh, moved down to uh, Shipsterns. He took off, and uh, he didn't hit his head this time. He just hit his knee or his hip. Um, but he ended up coming second in the comp, more importantly, which was, uh, which was pretty cool to see. Uh, Macy Callaghan uh, winning the World Juniors and qualifying for the World Tour. That was a big one on my list. Um, Molly winning the Central Coast event over Macy too. That was another big one. I was pretty uh, emotionally torn watching those two girls. And, uh, and you know, North Shelley coming second in the Board Riders Battle those years ago was, it, was another one that um, still eats me up at night. But, uh, you know, a highlight nevertheless. <laughs> hey, uh, tell us, because uh, we're going to get to your number one and Butes and I, we both know what it is and what an incredible highlight it is. But with North Shelley... Tell us about that team and why they're so special to you because, you know, really they're taking on not just some of the best around Australia but the best in the world. And, yeah, they came within a fingernail of getting it done on a few occasions. Oh, for sure. And to be honest, I think a lot of it was the drive to try and equal Evoca. I mean, obviously Evoca won one back uh, a few years back there and, uh, you know, rightfully so. They absolutely killed it that year. So I don't think anyone in North Shelley likes to see if I could get a win and then not have one equal. So um, I think a lot of it was a drive to do that. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it was uh, it was pretty agonising. Um, I mean, we thought we... You know, I think uh, a lot of us thought, we thought that we had it in the bag, but it's not over until the fat lady sings and we ended up just uh, getting tipped uh, in those final minutes in that event that year. So that one, um, that one broke my heart. But, um, you know, at the same time, there wasn't a whole lot we can really do about it. They happen and, you know, hopefully we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll get one eventually. Hey, you mentioned uh, yesterday when I caught up with you some of the surfers that are coming through on the Central Coast. Uh, we know the Vaughan brothers. Like, what, what is their potential? But then you throw in uh, Lennox Chell, and you mentioned some surfers at the north end of the coast who could do amazing things as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think just as a whole, no matter whether you're from your minor beach, from Masters, all the way up to, you know, Soldiers Beach and uh, Fraser Park area, I don't think it really matters where you are. There's guys there that from every single one of those beaches, every single one of those board riding clubs that has the potential to really put decent scores on the board. And, uh, you know, they, they might not be, you know, the guys that you notice in every single comp, but they're, they're incredible surfers in their own right. And, um, I mean, you look at, uh, you look at people uh, up at Nora Head, uh, you know, like Nate Hopkins and Jet Seacombe. Obviously, Jet's uh, dad, Wayne, was a, was a pretty solid surfer back in the, the mid to late 90s there. He was an amazing surfer. Um, you know, so good pedigree there for him. Uh, and then obviously, you know, North Shelley. I mean, I talk enough about those guys and, uh, you know, I'll continue to talk a lot about those guys over the years to come, no doubt. Um, but then, you know, you've you got guys, decent guys from Womberall who are, 
you know, capable of putting up decent scores in any sort of event, you know, and, and lighting it up on the uh, on the junior on the junior series, and, uh, and then in Avoca, I mean, Lennox Shell, Byron Stapleton, who I probably have uh, forgotten to mention a little bit, um, you know, they've got the capability of doing really big things in the sport of surfing, um, and it's it's just the beginning of their career, really. They're still really young, and yeah, I'm sure that they could come out and. Uh, and yeah, you know, really, uh, really turn the world on its head uh, if given the opportunity in the coming years. I love the fact that we've got so many coaches up here that are doing so many good things uh, in the surfing world, and uh, it's going to be great to follow their their future and, and see how all their progression and see how they go. Mate, give us your number one. Hit us up, Ethan. Let's hear it, mate. The number one. The drum oh, roll's coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, purely self-indulgent regions, mate. I think it was probably the Olympics, mate. Going over there and being able to see uh, be one of sort of only five members of Team Australia, being able to stand on the beach and watch our surfing play out in its maiden year on the sands of our... Uh, I can't even remember the name of the beach I was at now, but, um, yeah, well, I was there. So uh, that was uh, that was definitely a highlight, and um, I think that's something I'll remember forever. Yeah, yeah and Owen Wright winning the bronze medal. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, how epic was that? And then I mentioned to you yesterday the highs and lows of, you know, just seeing the devastation from Sally Fitzgibbon and also Steph Gilmore and what it meant to them to be at the Olympic Games. Oh yeah, mate. As, as I said to you yesterday, mate, it was a total roller coaster. I mean, you know, from one minute being in the car with someone who was highly emotional because of you know an, an earlier than expected loss to you know seeing them down the beach and cheering for someone to you know rip Gabby Medina's head off was a total. <laughs> uh, you know, it was an emotional roller coaster. It was the full nine yards of every sort of emotion you could you could feel. You know, like it was, you know, it was anger, it was sadness, it was. It was happiness, it was excitement, it was stoke, it was pretty much everything. And it was all bottled into a three-day event window um, that was run in some pretty weird circumstances considering that the world was, uh, you know, hammered by COVID. So, um, you know, it was it was a bit of everything. But, you know, I, I sort of look back on it with nothing but, um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty proud eyes. Yeah, well done, mate. And uh, can you just uh, give a plug to where you're going next? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm moving over to Surf Hardware. Uh, which obviously make uh, FDS and, uh, and you know, soft tech boards. Uh, doing a similar sort of job there, just uh, doing a lot of the digital content. Uh, still will be actively involved in, uh, in surfing, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, hopefully just trying to do more of it. Yeah, well done, mate. Good uh, job, you, you're getting a uh, standing O. Well done, mate. Well done. First one of the morning. Uh, congratulations on everything you've done for surfing, not just here on the Central Coast, but also New South Wales and Australia. Well done, mate. Uh, congratulations and thanks for being a part of our show. No worries. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Ethan Smith joining us this morning, a.k.a. The Doggy, and uh, great to have him on board on our final show of the year. We'll uh, go to the news, and then we're back to talk some motorsport. Lightning Luke King joining us. Tony Clark will give us his highlights. Gotcha. In fact, he's on his way to a North Sydney match as we speak. Mm -hmm. He'll give us his highlights. And TC, I can't wait for his fearless predictions. Oh, it could be any. For 2022. And the coach of Nicola McDermott joining us. In fact, one of the world's best coaches, Matt Horsnell, after 10 this morning. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back live to Gosford Sailing Club on this gorgeous, sunny Saturday. A little light nor'easterly breeze. Uh, hold it, Lightning Luke King doing some social media. Got the selfies on. Uh, I've got to th- can you take one more? Absolutely. You know, you know I love Here that cheesy yeah, grin. Yeah, get it in. <laughs>
Beautiful. All right. Uh, it's like Luna Park. <laughs> Lightning, let's, let's talk for Formula One. Decider in Abu Dhabi. I, I watched the highlights again last night, and I still can't comprehend or fathom how Verstappen wins. Uh, it seems like a travesty of justice, but you talk us through it. You're the expert. Yeah, mixed opinions on over the weekend, and it depends who you talk to, whether you're a diehard Max fan or, or a Lewis fan. It's um, It was a hard one for, for me to watch. Um, I think... My general uh, view of the whole thing is that the situation was manipulated a bit to obviously get us to a green flag finish. Um, they, they could have still gone green flag, but in a different way. Um, just that the way that it happened was uh, like the, the circumstances never come up before. Very hard call for our Aussie guy, Michael Massey, who is the FIA race director for Formula One. Um, I've never seen a season, and we've never had access to seeing team bosses hit up the FIA as hard as they do and lobby for a result. You know what I can't wait for? Drive to survive. Oh, I knew right? you were Drive to survive <laughs> because you know what? They're going to have the scoop. There's going to be insights into both teams as to what the hell happened out there because my understanding, and again, Luke, I'm just a nufty watching the Formula One. and But when the accident occurred, there's four or five laps to go. Yep. Right. No cars. I remember saying that. No cars were allowed to overtake or overlap, whatever it was. Get yep. back on the leading lap, right? Which meant that there was four or five cars between Hamilton Correct. and Verstappen. Yep. Suddenly, two laps later, those cars were allowed to. Yeah, it, it, and it wasn't. It wasn't just that. It's that there are times where the race director can say, "Let's let the, the lap cars through." Um, the way the rules written, it's a bit sort of subject to how you want to perceive it. But you should let all cars through. Because Daniel Ricciardo was trapped back there and they were in a fight with Ferrari for, for the weekend and Lewis and Max aren't the only two cars out there. So basically Alonso and Ocon disappear because they've been, let themselves be unlapped. Danny Rick gets left back in the pack behind Max and it just sort of begs the question as to why those five cars in between Lewis and Max were let through and no one else. Yeah, so in the end, Ricardo finishes 12th. How do you analyse his season in the McLaren? Uh, I think Danny Rick is my highlight of, of the year. The, the fact that he was able to come into McLaren, he's had a really tough go trying to go up against Norris. Norris is a guy that um, was basically go-karting five days a week in Europe ever since the age of 12. His background compared to Danny Rick is, is completely different. He's a, he's a class driver, so it was always going to be a hard season for Danny, but for him to have that first win, for McLaren in, in their new form now under um, under Zach and, and Andreas is uh, yeah it's a pretty cool result. Norris finishes seventh uh, this season. Signs Junior in the yep. Ferrari finishes third. What, yeah. what a the incredible smooth, season. The smooth operator Carlos. He uh, he's come through. He's, he's the best of the rest um, between mm. the, the Red Bulls and and uh, Mercedes. So. Big result for him to beat Charles Leclerc. Um, I think he's kind of got a little bit lucky on uh, some of his reliability, but Ferrari's certainly looking good coming into to next season. With that last lap, I'm going to go back to it again. Yep. Was Verstappen, did he have the quicker car? Because how, uh, how, I'll tell you what he did. He came in and changed his changed tyres. Changed tyres. Yeah, yeah, I saw that the tyre change. And you said that if Hamilton goes in, then Verstappen doesn't go in. Uh, and, and before you answer it, I'm still like... I found it heartbreaking to hear Lewis yeah. 
on the team radio, he said numerous times, this isn't right. Yeah. This isn't right. So and I would I would have done exactly the same thing. Suddenly you've got a comfortable lead, then the race is manipulated for the Dutchman to win. Absolutely. I where obviously like I'm really close with uh, Jason Bright and I was uh, texting Brighty and Ebony that that night. He was watching it from his phone on in the hotel room and Ebony said that his phone survived multiple throws at the wall because <laughs> he was that upset about what had happened because it, it did it, it just ruined the race. Um, Max was always going to pass Lewis. Lewis was on 33 lap old hard tires and Max is just pitted for brand newies. Now, the problem with the race director being able to just make a snap decision like this is that it takes it away from the teams to be able to make definite decisions. Mercedes pits and the safety car doesn't get let out, then they go behind Max, Red Bull holds track position, and we end under safety car and Max wins the world championship. He must know this race director, the Aussie, Michael Massey. Yeah, correct. He must know the implications of what he's doing. Absolutely. And, and that concerns me that, you know, he knows that whichever way he goes here, like the status quo, if he had gone with the status quo, right, people would have accepted Lewis Hamilton winning the championship because yep. he was the better driver on the, you know, throughout that whole race. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like a bunch of chess moves. Correct. Yeah. But suddenly you just manipulate it so that they come down to a one-lap shootout and one guy's on fresh tyres, the other guy's on 33-lap yep. uh, Tyres, which are you know the, about to fall apart. The fairest way that it would have gone is that they leave the lap cars in between Lewis and Max. They follow race procedure because they don't have to let those lap cars through. They had left them there, and Lewis sort of breaks away. Max then has two laps to pass those lap cars, which he would have done easy yep. as pie. Alonso and Ocon would have moved over for him because they're Max fans. Oh. Um, and then he would have chased Lewis down on the final lap, and it might have come down to the final corner. And then Mercedes wouldn't have a leg to stand on. It would have been a bad circumstance with the safety car. Would have left Lewis to fight it out, and, and we wouldn't be in this debacle that we're in now. Mm. Well, I will say this about Lewis. I saw some post-race celebrations and GOT are very, very gracious. Yeah. Uh, Hard you know, pill to swallow. Because it could have gone another way and been pretty ugly. Absolutely. At the post-race celebration. So well done to Lewis Hamilton. Well done to Max Verstappen. I mean, yeah. it was a cracking season, but it just seemed to me a shame, and I've watched it numerous times, how... The, that last lap unfolded. You're right. I, I think for me, it's a real shame that it's been taken away. Max Verstappen, his first, you know, world championship. Absolutely. A, and he had such a great season, you know, won the most races. He was ahead of that in terms of Lewis Hamilton going ahead to head. Uh, and for it to be, I don't know, overshadowed by yeah. this controversy is really disappointing. Hey, we're off to a break. Uh, Lightning Luke King is going to stay with us, but we're also going to track down Tony Clark, the man we like to call the benchmark. Mm. Looking forward to his highlights of the year. I can't wait to hear what his fearless prediction is. He's been way off the mark in years gone by. (laughs) That crystal ball (laughs) is clouded. In fact, I think it's broken. I I reckon his highlight of the year could be the left fullback with the Central Coast Mariners. But we'll find out Mm. in a few moments' time. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metalland, the Coast Tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. And we're live this morning from the stunning Gosford Sailing Club. I mentioned we had a MBN TV Christmas gathering last night, just six of us, but beautiful dinner upstairs. So it's been fully renovated. Mm. And today we're on the back deck here and... 
One of the world's best clubs, Buttes, right on the waterfront. Uh, we absolutely love it. And it shows what's possible. Luke, you've lived here longer than any of us. It shows what's possible in this beautiful city and what it could look like one day. Uh, I know that uh, Iguana Joe's is now open again as Drifters, which is fantastic. The CBD, people are telling me there's some beautiful venues uh, where you can go in Gosford CBD. I was just going to say, uh, looking across at Iggy's there and the beautiful waterfront, I do remember a lot of times walking across from the Leagues Club, having cheap drinks there, straight <laughs> to straight into Iggy's. I don't know if I'd make it across that new park now, though. <laughs> hey, uh, a few you, obstacles. You possibly could have gone to Europe to test the new Audi. What unfolded? Yeah, so uh, just a chance conversation. I was telling Buttes about it before. We um, There's some testing that needed to be done with, with the new car that's getting homologated. So um, yeah, it was a possible flight out to, to Belgium last minute and uh, Liz was freaking out that I'd actually go. What is the word homologated? Buttes, you'd know. Yeah, it's uh, the formation of a car and yeah. you're trying to bring it all oh, together. Well done. Well done, Buttes. Yeah, it's, it's basically the, the testing of new parts to go onto a car and then they officially write exactly what that part is into the rule book yes. so that every team is sort of mandated to run exactly how that is so you can't change anything. Homologated, homologated. Is, homologated is maybe how Lara Coffey's feeling this yeah. morning, who just sent a text. She's unhomologated, actually. <laughs> said she can't this, join us this on the show. Discompobulated, I think she is. Uh, let's, uh, let's go. I've been looking forward to this all morning. He's on his way to a North Sydney Bears match where he's one of the coaches. He's a two-time Premiership winning coach locally with Woi Woi and also Wyong. Tony Clark, good morning, mate. Looking forward to your highlight of 2021. <laughs> Good morning, boys, and uh, yeah, down here with TJ Milner. Field, just watching the Harold Matthews uh, Bears warm up. We've got a trial against Manly, so uh, looking forward to that. But I'll tell you what, she's uh, she's quite warm down here. Oh yeah, the sun's are shining, mate. Uh, Clarky, what's uh, what's been happening? You went to the game last week with the Mariners, young Jacob Farrell. He had a uh, very impressive performance, first game at home. Uh, it was good to see for the young kid go well. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, as a family, we're very proud of him, Michael, which goes without saying. Um, you know, a kid that's done all the hard yards, wasn't a, wasn't a superstar growing up, and uh, is certainly, um, you know, stamping his authority on the A-League confident. And I thought it was not, not that I'm pretending to know too much about the, uh, the, the soccer, but uh, I thought it was a pretty comprehensive performance uh, in that first 45 last week. They were, uh, they were outstanding, the Mariners. Yeah, and they really shocked Sydney FC. In fact, I don't think I've seen Sydney FC play like that probably in the last decade at least. TC, is Jacob Farrell your highlight of 2021 or does something trump Jacob uh, to get your, your nod this year? Oh, no, undoubtedly, Jacob, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a very proud uncle, um, you know, that uh, for, for him to be making uh, such a mark in the A-League service is, is our highlight for sure. Um, I went mean, back in the winter at Cranbourne Races on Wednesday. Helped, so that was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, no, no, it was. Uh, it, it, you know, it was a great year. I mean, once again, you know, with the community sport being um, interrupted with the with the world we're living in, was was, was a downer again. But hopefully, we can uh, we can move forward in the twenty two with some uh, renewed enthusiasm. Clarky, how is that crystal ball of yours? Have you polished it up? What is your bold prediction for 2022? Because I've got to say, your predictions in the past haven't been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. no, no the just ball's a, taking a bit of polishing there, Michael. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so we're talking, we're talking rugby league, of course, because that's our, uh, our favourite you, um, you, you can go wherever you want, mate. 
okay. Well, I think I think the Mariners top four definitely on, on what mm-hmm. I've seen. Mariners top four again, which is uh, okay. is probably a no brainer. But uh, I've got a feeling that the Melbourne Storm will struggle a little, Michael. I, I've never mm. seen them have a, an off season like this in their history. Um, when I say they probably struggle, I probably finished eight. But um, I just got a feeling that it, it, it could be the year that um, you know we, we may have been expecting for the last couple. In in the big boys, I probably can't see much change. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, the, the stronger getting stronger, and um, and and the uh, you know the, the the bottom half will will probably remain the same. I think the coach under most pressure will be Trent Barrett. Yes. The great man behind him, Phil Gould. You know, you'd have to be confident that you're going to win a few early with their with their uh, roster. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, as I said, my my main hope is that community sport in all, in all disciplines can um, you know can can complete a season in 22. Yeah, well said. And I think you probably agree with Michael and myself if we're looking at highlights of 2021. There's one word that comes to mind, turbo. Yeah, 100%, Steve. Yeah. And, of course, what, what about how remiss of me not to mention Danica's foundation. Danica turns 31 on, on Monday. Danica Clark Foundation, mm-hmm. of course, the, the Olympics this year, you know, with Nicola and uh, all, our, all our Olympic athletes that just gave us such a thrill. I mean, that, that has to be up there. That's on the podium, definitely, isn't it? Yeah, I, well, I thought that one word was going to be, come on! Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. Uh, uh, that is t- two words. Two words. Unless, uh, unless you think Nicola's combined them. Yeah. And come on. Come on. G- give us an another one. Ready? Start the clap. Let's go. <laughs> come on! <laughs> yeah. that, that's going to scare all the opponents. Huh? That uh, that Saturday night was amazing. Uh, Matt Horsnell's going to join us after ten, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to hearing what he says about Nicola, where she doesn't try to jump those massive heights in training. Mm. It's all down around the one eighties, or when I say down, <laughs> she, she's usually around it's taller than me. <laughs> yeah, around one eighty six, and it's all about perfecting technique, as opposed to used to. What's your Max height. Remember yeah, back in the day at Crimmon? Yeah, well... Uh, Do we want to have a flashback? It was circa 1985, and yeah. Steve-O cleared 175 to uh, set a new record of Where pump each it. <laughs> With a scissor kick, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, uh, TC, give us a snapshot. Uh, I, I dare say there's a bunch of Central Coast kids at the North Sydney Bears, and how are they all going? Yeah, good. Uh, we had our first hit out last week, Steve-O, against the Roosters. Very strong Roosters team. Um, it was more an open trial for us because, as you know, we haven't been able to uh, to play any any footy, you know, leading into that. So, uh, yeah, no, we were we were both great. Both the 17s and the 19s were, were were you know quietly happy with uh, with how it went. Today will be another big test because Manly, you know, under uh, Scott and Brett Fulton, have certainly put an emphasis on their junior development. So uh, they won the Harold Mats with with Adam McEwen coaching last year. So mm. um, you know, it, it'll be another solid hit out for the boys. We have a, a strong. Uh, we have ten. Uh, coast lads uh, in in my team in the SG ball team that are that trialling for positions and, and doing really well. And of course, this is all in conjunction with the Roosters, with Johnny Strange um, making sure that you know with with the uh, the players that uh, you know aren't selected by the Roosters still have that pathway through the Bears, uh, you know, to the elite level. So yeah, no, everything's been going really well. The Bears and have I been. I've um, got some great uh, you know great initiatives happening that we'll we'll see in 2022. And I dare say, Clarky, uh, going into you know the end of the year, uh, there comes a time where you've got to start cutting players. Never an easy job for a coach. 
Ah, no, I never get too much. You know, Michael, I'm an old coach and I've been doing it a long time. But, you know, last Sunday was, <laughs> was a tough day because you've, you've got to ring your kids and, and, and let them know. And, and you have to, again, with, with um, you know, the COVID situation, you've sort of got to make some decisions, you know, on a, on a minimal performance, you know, minimal minutes. But you've, you've got to do it. And, uh, and we haven't, uh, you know, I'll have to do it again tomorrow. So uh, because there'll be yeah. some more, more lads missing out. But, uh, yeah, just going in it with an open mind, as I said, with um, Manly being the champions of uh, of last season, um, you know I'm sure it'll be a, a solid hit out for the lads. Um, you know, uh, in a couple of hours. Hey TC, we've just realised we've run over time. We're on our countdown to the news. So on behalf of the entire team, thanks again for everything you've done for our show. You support in 2021. Uh, best wishes with Danica Clark Foundation. The scholarships are now open until the end of January to get your application in. And best wishes to you and the entire Clark family for Christmas and the new year. Yeah, right back at you, Stephen. Yeah, just I urge all Central Coast athletes to, to get on Danica's webpage and, uh, and, and, and apply for a scholarship. And, of course, you'll see that we have the race day at uh, the Entertainment Grounds of Gosford on, the, on Saturday the 19th. It, it's open to you know, everyone to get a table. So uh, a couple of big things coming up for us. And, and again, um, thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully I'll, uh, I'll play a role for you in 2022. Oh, yeah, he'll play a role. Oh, yes, that, he that's, will. He's a role player. Uh, <laughs> off to the news. Matt Horsnell is next. Uh, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metalland, the Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Gosford Sailing Club. We'll talk some more cricket. Uh, you would have heard in the news then that uh, we're well on top at the Adelaide Oval. Unbelievable scenes last night, the way the game was abandoned with uh, lightning late in the match. In fact, it saved England. They were in massive trouble. Uh, they were in all sorts. And you know what? It's been a long two days for the English bowlers, fielders. And, you know, I think that was apparent last night when they come out the bat. They just... Oh, just struggling. They are really behind the eight ball at the moment. Two for 17 at stumps mm. when Lightning stopped play. And, uh, lightning Luke. Yeah, lightning well, Luke, I'm, lightning not, I'm not sure if you saw the footage. It was incredible. Uh, in fact, uh, after the game, Suri and Botham and Ricky Ponting both said they've never seen anything like it. Yep. Uh, there'd be some incredible photos in some of the newspapers today around the nation. Hey, before I forget, we want to talk highlights, and Butes and I have both got plenty. But uh, my daughter this morning, I saw her before she went off uh, to work as a speech pathologist at Wyong Hospital. And Talia said, and I really love this, I said, what was your sporting highlight of the year? And she said, Dad, it's the girls that I played with uh, at club level and also in representative water polo teams that made the Olympic team. So mm. Bronnie Halligan, yeah. Tilly Kearns, Lena Mihailovic, and Amy Ridge. So... Four girls that Talia played with uh, at club level or at representative level in Tokyo with the Australian water polo team. So that's her highlight of the year. For my son, Corey, who's on a road trip to Foster at the moment, and I hopefully he's got us on. Shout out, Corey. Yeah, I don't know whether he's rolling the Spotify playlist or whether <laughs> uh, he's got... He definitely listened to that for sure, mate. Saturday's on the coast. Yeah. So for Corey, uh, one word, Matildas. Even though they didn't win a medal in Tokyo, yep. uh, I think they stopped the nation. And Butes would agree with that. He also said some of the players he played with uh, at the University of Southern California, Harness Dobey and Marco Vavic, uh, they both made the Olympic team for the USA. Mm. And a bunch of his mates from West in Sydney. So Richie Campbell, who's a legend of the sport, Nathan Power, 
and Joel Danley, who's also a legendary goalkeeper, they all competed in Tokyo. There's plenty of highlights in there for 2021. Yeah, when well, you look back on the year, we had you know the Premiership, uh, the Panthers, and we'll go through some of those things later on. AFL, the Demons uh, having a big. Nicola stands out for me. In fact, the, the Olympics was always a massive highlight. I remember you know the two or three weeks that it was on, we had so much content, like it was ridiculous, and you know there was that hype and the the excitement around it and the swimming performance. Um, Emma McKeon. Emma McKeon, that's the one because the other one was Keely McEwen. Yeah, Kaylee McEwen. Speaking of Tokyo, I, I think we need to rise as one. It's a standing ovation for one of the world's best coaches. Yeah. And the coach of Nicola McDermott, Matt Horsnell, joining us on the line. Good morning, mate. And what a highlight for you and your entire family and team this year in Tokyo. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, it's uh, been an amazing year and it's uh, been it was so brilliant over there. You know, we're still coming off a buzz from... Uh, Coming down off that, we had our session today. You know, Nicola's first jump session today was uh, was so good, actually, and she looks more advanced than what she was then. So, look out! <laughs> I think Matt. Um, not only was it the success that she had at the Olympics, which obviously is the highlight, but uh, when you look at what she did before and after that um, in the diamond events, uh, it was just phenomenal. And you know what? It, for me, it actually, Steve, the other two competitors. You, you, yeah, you love, yeah, yeah. You love announcing their names. Yeah, Maria Lasitskina and Yaroslava Mahuchik. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No one else can say it better than steve But you know what? It looks to me that women's high jump, these three are going to be the Federer, Djokovic, Rafa of the women's mm. high jump. And we're going to see these girls for, you know, probably the next five, ten years just dominate in that area and yeah, take and it to another level. And hopefully Eleanor Patterson. Yeah. Mm. It'd be great to see more girls in Australia get up to that level. That's, that's what we're aiming for. <laughs> hey, Matt, uh, I heard a, po- heard a podcast earlier this week with Nicola and she was talking about her preparation, and I found this fascinating, and I've mentioned it to so many people. Mm. So in training, is it correct that Nicola doesn't attempt some of those massive heights, that it's all about technique and, perfect, and perfection, and so she clears lower heights in training? Yeah, well, we tend to go to bigger heights, say, a month to six weeks outside of any competition. It's in maybe... Uh, come off a prep phase and I'd mostly she's hitting her 185 180 with regular working on precision and a running and it's more about what she does in a run-up to produce force that that can to get her to produce force consistently in the same spot and be accurate all the time that allows her to go into the big comps like that with heaps of confidence to know she's going to be accurate and can do what and she doesn't even think about the run up then and, and can just be in a good position, you know. And that's what we work on is producing that consistency. So she'll only jump 180, 185 in training, maybe do 17 jumps, which is a fair few jumps, but just go bang, 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 hitting them all the time. And uh, then in a comp, you've just got to stay in that position and hold them, take off a little bit more. And, uh, and that's where she's had a result, you know. I think she had four PBs through the year and produced five sets of five uh, two-metre high jumps throughout the season mm. was uh, really consistent. And that, that, 
tells a big story with her preps and the consistency. I think that she was one of the ones out of all those three girls that could actually have a first miss at 198 or two metres, where Lazzini actually was, uh, the Russian was, actually got knocked out in the, uh, almost got knocked out in the preliminary round of the Olympics because she had, she was coming up to a third attempt at 196 and was almost out in the lower height because her consistency sometimes is not there in the lower height. Yeah, that would have been incredible. And you could see the stress all over her face. But thankfully, she got over that height, went on to win the gold medal and also uh, the Diamond League final in Zurich, which was one of the greatest women's high jump competitions we've mm. ever seen. Hey, Lightning Luke King has the next question. So, yeah, Matt, I uh, we met you guys at, uh, at the Central Coast Sports Person of the Year Awards and I was up against Nicola, uh, nominated that year, um, and, and she won, obviously. she's Her professionalism is something that really stands out to me. Um, and one of the big things I think we all noticed across the Olympics was the way that she, uh, she tracks and, and has her diary that she writes down everything. So, I mean, I, I do that after every session. We have a track map that we will write down so that we remember things for when we're going to the circuit the next time we go but I mean yeah. is that something yeah. that you've implemented to to Nicola and is has that been a part of her training through the, the whole way uh, over the years from when she was younger I, I got a knock to look at the other competitors because she's pretty smart she overanalyzes a little bit so what what we eventually had was a, a sports psych with New South uh, Wales Institute of Sport worked advanced that a little bit more by getting Nicola to log things in and so that she concentrates on her own performance. So because she'll look at someone and analyse them and think, oh, they should be doing this, 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 and we don't want to have that in the competition. <laughs> we want to have her just thinking to herself, you know, thinking I've got to do this, this, this. So where Mike the psych, we call him, you know. And uh, he came up with that diary and uh, worked and developed that. We've developed that over the years. Because one of the other things Nick found was when I wasn't there to help her in the early days, that he was a bit lost sometimes where she was. So the diary also helped her consolidate what she is feeling and thinking. And then that's why she still does it in a comp. She comes and sees me and I virtually confirm what she's thinking and she writes it in and it gives her a really good feel for where she's at and uh, it was interesting one of the Italian French guys that I know who's my little guru that I work with he said Nicola's going to be one of the best coaches if she becomes a coach because what she does with the diary and what she feels and what she writes down she's just going to have every little piece of the puzzle pictured in her head already you know when she finishes yeah, it's an interesting insight that you know the, her ability to break things down and to break certain aspects of what she's doing uh, in that jump. Not only the jump itself, but the preparation, etc. Matt, uh, we've had some bold predictions from uh, Tony Clark earlier on. Where is, well, what direction are we looking for uh, Nicola in twenty twenty two? What can we expect? Well, geez. From what I'm, so we're just finishing a big strength block and she's come off that and she's pretty well back to the strength where she was going into the Olympics, which is still early days yet. She's 100% fit. Mm -hmm. We had that sort of uh, short approach session today, which I look at that. And I had the bar of 190s where she was just popping off uh, over that at, at this early stage and she's never done that, you know. So um, I'm re really positive. Keep, 
like keeping the athlete 100% fit is the key. So you don't, you've got to be on the on the edge a little bit to to advance them and keep them at that level, but without over going too far over the top or underneath. You know, you've got to just keep that. You know, that I think we've pretty well found where Nicolas progressed at the So I'm I'm thinking that two out of five, where she just missed at the end of the season, is going to be something that she might be able to hit reasonably regularly through the mm. season with the cops coming up. So we've got World Indoors, which traditionally is a little bit more bouncy on surfaces, up in Serbia or in, in mid-March. So I wouldn't be surprised you know, that she'd hit 205 then and um, go close to the aim is her to win it. So that's, uh, we want to bring that back to Australia. The indoor high jump title uh, would be great. Yeah, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you that Saturday night in Tokyo was undoubtedly mm-hmm, one huge. of my, not just one of my highlights of the year, but one of the highlights of my my life in terms of watching sport. Primetime McDermott. Yeah. Primetime uh, McDermott. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Matty Dawson winning a medal in Tokyo. Yep. Riley Fitzsimmons and Lockie tamed their campaign. They didn't finish on the dais, but to have two Central Coast boys, uh, Avoca Surf Club boys, Dylan Littlehales in mm. kayaking. Faith Nathan in the Rugby Sevens. Now, you know, it's they were reigning champs. They had a disappointing campaign, but haven't they bounced back? And Faith has been on fire. So just the entire Tokyo Olympics, we weren't sure what it was going to be like, but it ended up just being phenomenal, Buttes. Yep. No doubt about it. Superb. Matty Horsnell, another standing O for your efforts in 2021. Uh, best wishes made on behalf of our team to you and the family for Christmas and the New Year. Thanks, guys. And we really appreciate, Nick, you know, if you really appreciate the support from the coast and uh, you guys on, on the show and everything. So it's just fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, Matty Horsnell, one of the world's best coaches joining mm-hmm. us this morning. Uh, he's got some other great jumpers in his stable that we'll, we'll cover off in 2022, uh, particularly in the long jump. Uh, Katie Gunner's one of those. Bethany Cranendonk is another. And so we wish them all the best moving forward. Uh, quick commercial break here. Just heard from Nick Montgomery. He says, boys, I'm available. Uh, he wants to come on the show, yeah. doesn't he? Oh, what a legend. I love Monty. And uh, what a win last week, too. 2-0 mm. against Sydney FC. Buttes, on the way to the break, do you want to mention any other highlights? I- I've got one that I'm saving up my sleeve. But while we're on the Olympic theme, yes. the performance of Jessica Fox in the canoeing was yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Yes. There was, you know, I'm watching it, um, hearing her dad commentating, and he was so composed about the whole thing. I don't know how he did it. But uh, for me, that the, the heartbreak that she's had over the last couple of Olympics, but to get that success, fantastic. A great gold medal for mine. Yeah, let's head off to the break. And after the break, I'll give you my ultimate highlight of 2021. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as awesome as Nicola McDermott was, there's one that stands above it, in my opinion. I'll, gi- I'll give it to you right after this on Saturdays on the Coast. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back from Gosford Sailing Club on this beautiful Saturday morning. I think the wind's picked up a little stronger from the northeast. Earlier this morning, mm-hmm. we had David Slingsby join us. His son, Tom, is the skipper of the Australia team in Sail GP in Sydney. And spectacular racing buttes. Great to have David on the show. Certainly was. Getting insight into what's going on down there. And a uh, big day for Tom as he looks with his Team Australia boat to uh, have the success and hopefully take out the uh, the final 
uh, later today. Butes, I know you work in high-level sport, but mm. what about, can you put a dollar price on what those images mean to a sport competing on Sydney Harbour with that backdrop? Well, I think what those images mean for New South Wales tourism and Australian tourism. Yeah. More to the point, like, it's just phenomenal. I don't know whether you can put a monetary value on it, but it's uh, it doesn't get much better. You talked about San Francisco, but I'll tell you, Sydney so, Harbour. So when you're trying to sell high-level sport, and that's something you try to do on a daily basis, isn't it, Luke? You're trying to sell your package and product, uh, and that's what Sale GP, if you just say, hey, if we put this on Sydney Harbour, look at the exponential benefits for the state of New South Wales. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what Grand Prix sell themselves on in, in Formula One, and that's mm. why we go to, to Melbourne every, every year. Uh, and that's the, the big part of the, the Formula One. And obviously, uh, supercars and, and TCR here in Australia is going to different states and, and governments helping to fund it. Apart from global viewers, what about as a spectator sport in Sydney. Now, I know David said he's off to, like, an island vantage point. In Shark the, Island. Yep. Yeah, in, mm. the, in the middle of uh, middle of the harbour. But what about around the headlands? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I've been down there and watched the Sydney to Hobart. From from the water, we've chased boats out um, all the way past the heads, and I've been up on, on the heads as well. And, uh, yeah, to watch those guys in those super high-profile boats... Um, just amazing to see what they do on the water. Do you need binoculars? Yeah, you would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Or a it, telescope. It'd be interesting <laughs> to see what the numbers are, and I know it's hard to measure, but to see, you know, vantage spots and, you know, how many people are actually out there watching. Hard them. to measure that. Well, yeah. well they told us uh, yesterday, Adam Crouch, MP, uh, he told us that the surfing at Avoca, they had 20 million people watch online. Wow. Because man. some of the world's best surfers were here. Yep. And, you know, it's a huge following in Brazil as well. Mm. Uh, China. It'd be, it's surprising how many people watched from China. Hey, uh, we kept this guy waiting too long. Let's go to Nick Montgomery, Mariners legend and now head coach. Monty, good morning, mate. Firstly, congratulations on your win last week against Sydney FC. First home game of the year, and what a win against the Sky Blues. Oh, he's cut out. We've lost him. We'll have to... Uh... Monty. Well, I, I, I'll fill in here for him. Okay. I, I, I was down at the, the Mariners uh, corporate networking event last Wednesday, thanks to, to JC Entertainment, who do all of their sound and lighting at the stadium. And, uh, and he made a, a really good speech um, just on how he's bringing the boys together. Um, and there was a few, few stories about, um, you know, how, how they've been fighting against some of these bigger clubs down in Sydney and the Mariners are sort of considered as this little team from, from yep. up on the coast. Yep. Um, and it's just great to, to see a, a leader like Nick come in and, and bring them all together and try and forge ahead. I mentioned it on the, uh, at the game, Steve, when I talked about the players and after the game how they were they stayed on the field they got the team photo there was a big circle yep. of truth and what have you and jake you, banks you can just see the camaraderie that's being created and i think you know nick is obviously a big part of this uh which i think is really important he's you know leading by example he's leading by uh, you know from the front and he's creating a culture within that club that may see the mariners uh, reach the heights they did uh, some 10 years ago when they took out the premiership. Yeah, boys, I, I, I promised that I'd give you my highlight of 2021, but we're hearing from Adam Staples back at HQ. We've got Nick, Nick Montgomery now. Good morning, mate. Congratulations on that win against the Sky Blues. Morning, guys. Good to hear from you again. And, yeah, fantastic uh, win last week. But in football, we move on pretty quickly, and we've got another game today against West Sydney Wanderers. One of the highlights for me, Monty, last week was, and you would have been most impressed by it, the start from the boys. The first 20 minutes, they were 
all over the top of the uh, the sky blue. Yeah, look, we've, I think we've, I said in the press conference staff, I think, I think we started really well in every game so far this season. I you know, tell the boys to go out and play with no fear, get into the opposition straight away. And, and to be honest, mate, I think the difference was this last weekend, we capitalised on a lot of chances that we created. And at 2-0, I think at half-time, we probably could have been 3-4-0. Four in the look, but you know it's uh, you know second half. We knew that, that they'd throw everything at us, make as many changes as they could, and, and I thought we held out really well and probably could have finished the game off a couple of times on the counter attack. There's a couple of players that could be in this afternoon. I know you're not at liberty to say so at the moment, but uh, Nikolai Muller could face his own old side, and Benny Ancololo, Where is he at? Of course, you think he was one of the best players in round one of the competition against the Jets. Yeah, look, Nikolai, fantastic player. Look, he's uh, we haven't brushed him back. He's been back in full training. He's played in an internal game at the start of the week. And, yeah, he's ticked all the boxes. So, Nikolai will be involved today. You know, whether he starts off the bench, that's that's a decision that everyone will have to wait to find out. Um, but just delighted to get him back. I mean, you know, top, top experienced player. And he's been chomping at the bit. But we've had to hold him back. And, he, and with Benny, you know, Benny, for me, was, was the best player in round one scored the goal in the FFA Cup game against Blacktown but unfortunately the last minute of the game against the Jets he was trying to score a third goal got in the box and I don't know if you remember I think Sammy Silvera sort of chopped him down and, and then he rolled his ankle so yeah he had quite a lot of swelling for a couple of weeks but he's back fully fit now and he's trained all week so to get them two back he's, uh, he's a massive boost for us Hey Butes if Nikolai Muller comes back I mean what a what a handy inclusion. He played for Germany and played in the Bundesliga. Yeah, well, you know, it's great to have, a, uh, you know, so much depth at the club. And I think at the moment we're starting to see that. Monty, um, the performance on uh, last week was so important in the first game at home to get the win. Um, probably, you know, you look at today's game and how important that is to, to back that up. And, you know, you, you'll start to see uh, the fans get out and really get behind this side. Yeah, look, Butes has been, you know, it's been a long off-season, I think 30 weeks before we had a game at, at the stadium. Five away games at the start of the year and, you know, the fans came out in force, travelled to Mudgee, travelled to Wollongong. So, you know, to bring them home and, and, and obviously give them a result like that, I think, you know, it was important for us to do and, and, and to show their faith in us following us round. And I know a lot of people wanted to see these young boys, a lot of them from the Central Coast, playing up against, the, you know, the big boys in the A-League. So, I think it was really important, you know, really important to... To, to put on that performance but that's gone now and yeah hopefully today it's an earlier kickoff. You know, any of the fans listening would love to, to get the stadium full tonight because they were brilliant last, last week because they were, they were outstanding support for the boys Hey Nick can you feel the pressure that's on Western Sydney so they lose 2-0 last week to MacArthur who were a fantastic fantastic side but also they lost to Arpia Leichhardt in the FFA Cup so enormous pressure on their coach and on their club Look, you know, you take a big club like Sydney, West Sydney, you know, the big spenders, the, you know, the, the, the big clubs that have all the resources, you know, you, you're supposed to win games of football, that's, that's the same anywhere in the world, but I think they were unlucky, you know, <laughs> MacArthur week, you know, you talk about MacArthur then, they've started the season really well in terms of results, but I think, you know, we, we outplayed them and lost, and I think Wanderers outplayed them last week and lost, so... You know, sometimes you're unfortunate. I don't think, you know, they've played as bad as people are making out. You know, they've got some very good players, a big budget, you know, a lot of big, experienced players. Um, so, you know, it's four games in and, and yeah, look, no question in, in, in professional sport is normal. Obviously, we're the underdog every week in terms of the, you know, the budget and the resources. And, and the Mariners been, the, you know, been the club that everybody, you know, um, you know everybody knows they'll have, they'll have all the, uh, you know, the resources. But, 
football football it's 11 v 11 at the end of the day and, and you know there should be pressure on any, anybody when you step on the pitch because everybody wants to win so a win this afternoon you'll go to second place on the table mm. uh how incredible would that be buttes mentioned earlier about the south american flavor urania scores the first goal Moresh, the brazilian scores the second goal his first of the campaign and for you as the manager must just be a delight to watch that all unfold yeah, look, obviously Marcos has had more chances than anyone this season. He's had more shots on target, which shows that you know the way we're playing, we're creating a lot of opportunities. So delighted for him to to get a goal last week in front of his it was his twin's birthday. You know, he had a lot of friends and family at the, at the stadium. Um, but you talk about Maresh there. You know, I brought the kid in. You know, and I, I knew when we brought him in, the kid was special. He's got so much more potential to go. And I think last week, you know, everybody saw glimpses of a player that can on his day. You know, can can. You know, cause a lot of problems for, for any A League opposition. Um, and, and look, you know, he actually didn't get accredited for the goal last week. He went down as an own goal, which was disappointing for him and, and for us because I felt he well, you know, well deserved it. But you know, we got Mark, Marty Simon still out at the minute. Um, Nikolai Muller's been out, so you know, we've we've had a bit of unfortunate circumstances in terms of players available. But delighted for them too. I thought they, they, they you know, they caused Sydney problems all game last week, and and you know, they're going to get better and better. They've got a lot of improvement to make. Uh, the depth money that you have at the club, it's great to see. And we saw last week Miller come off. Uh, you replace him with a player like Storm Rude. That just is an indication of uh, where the, how strongly the club is positioned at the moment. Yeah, look, you know, one thing you want to boost is competition for places. And, you know, we have got a lot of young players, you know, but still they need to push each other. You know, look at Harry Steele, Max Ballard pushing each other for that yep. spot in, in the middle of the park. And, you know, now we've got uh, positions in wide areas and... And, uh, you know, um, we're on Tony, been out at the minute. Dan Hall's come in and been fantastic. So, you know, it's important that any boys are in the squad are ready to play whenever they're needed. And we've got a game next week in the FFA Cup. So it's important that everybody's pushing each other. And, you know, we, we try and field the strongest team that we can each week. Hey, Nick, uh, just finally, uh, highlight of 2021 for you and also fearless prediction in 2022. Can I just say my highlight in football, apart from the Matildas, it's just the performance of Mo Salah. Uh, what do you think, Butes? I mean, he has been unbelievable setting the EPL on fire. But what about for you, Monty? Ah, for me, my highlight, getting, you know, getting the opportunity to coach the Mariners and, and, and get my first role there. But talk about players. I watch a lot of the EPL and yeah, Mo Salah, for me, best, best player in the world at the minute. Um, but, look, it's... Uh, not, it's it, Still got a long way to go in 2021. We've got a couple of games left before we uh, before we go into the new year. So, yeah, looking forward to hopefully creating a few more highlights starting today. Yeah, yeah. So Monty's highlight is happening this afternoon against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Mate, uh, we're rising as one. Standing O for an absolute legend of the Mariners Football Club. Uh, great to talk to you, mate. And uh, Lightning, you said that you saw Nick recently and he was superb. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really liked your speech the other week, Nick. Um, I was there on Wednesday down at Hawkesbury Brewing Co. And uh, it just the the feel of the the club down there on that night uh, just gives me a lot of confidence for for the Central Coast team moving forward for this year. No, look, that's good. No, nice, nice that you came to the the brewery. And for any viewers listening, it's uh, you know the boys weren't at the brewery to drink; they were there to to see the sponsors. But no, it's fantastic. It's a community club. You know, we've got a lot of. A lot of good local businesses supporting us, and, and like you say, for me, it's, it's, it's the same in England. But you know, that weekend, if we can produce and, and get performances, it makes everybody happy. And not, you know, like I said, when I got the job, I go out every week and try and win the game, and, 
And sometimes you don't always do it, but I think if we keep playing the way we're playing and these young boys keep growing and learning, then hopefully it's, uh, you know, we've got a good future for the club moving forward. Hey, Nick, it's almost Christmas. Who are the uh, little gremlins in the background there? Who have we got? That's my daughter, Eva May. My wife's actually Christmas shopping at the minute, so I'm looking yeah. after the kids. Yeah, all, all the best, uh, mate, yeah, to you. And... To talk a lot now. Uh, all the best to you and the family, mate, uh, for Christmas and the new year. And thanks again for everything you've done for our sports show in 2021. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks a lot. And uh, always, always happy to talk to you guys. Thanks for your support. And hopefully uh, see you at the stadium this afternoon. Good on you, Monty. You know what I love? I love this bold prediction about today's highlights. 5 0 win over Western Winston. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good luck, Monty. We hope it goes well, buddy. Yeah, we're uh, running horribly late at the moment. We've got to get to the news. We're back in a moment. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back. We're live from Gosford Sailing Club. Uh, just beautiful here. We thank the Sailing Club. We thank mm-hmm. every venue, uh, particularly Shelley Beach Golf Course, where I think through the COVID lockdown period, we were there for what, eight to ten eight, weeks? ten weeks. It was our spiritual home. Yeah, overlooking the 18th. So thank you to every venue that's had us and embraced the show. Hey, quickly, can I do my sporting highlight of the year? Let's hear it because Uh, I've been waiting here with bated 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 breath breath. just going, what can it be possibly? Uh, Have you got any idea? Absolutely none. Bulldogs winning a game, I think, maybe. Because <laughs> there was only two of those this year. Ouch. <laughs> but a massive win over your old team, the West Tigers, oh, in the last round. Yeah. What, what do you think, Luke? Any, uh, any prediction? You logging into Liz's fitness video <laughs> on Instagram this year? <laughs> While I was still in bed? Wow. <laughs> uh, Dad moment of the year. No, my, uh, my sporting highlight of the year, and there were so many, but it's got to be Elliot Kipchoge, back-to-back marathon wins. Huge. Rio and Tokyo. He's the first man to ever go, or first person to ever go sub two hours for a marathon. He was previously a world champion at 5,000 metres. Watched a couple of videos of him this morning. So a couple of things that, uh, that sum up his character. Mindset, goal setting, harness the power of the group. So marathon's predominantly an individual sport, but mm. when they're running in those big groups... I really find that intriguing. He's harnessing the power of that running group and then he rises to another level. Humility because of where he comes from and seriously high pain tolerance. So he's been quoted before, the way you think about pain is the way your life will be. The way you think about pain is the way your life will be. And he says, you need to undergo pain to be successful. Uh, You know know what amazes me about these guys? Like, he's running 21, 22 Ks an hour, mm. right, for... It's a sprint almost. Yeah, yeah, for 42 kilometres. Like, yeah. it's just phenomenal. You yeah. jump on a treadmill and, and you know, I, I, I give it to anybody to try this, you know, and at the gym or whatever it may be. Jump on a treadmill for, and put it on 21 kilometres an hour. See how you go. Remember at the time, I think I gave you the exact numbers, but I think they were cruising along at about 320 pace per kilometre. Wow. And then... For a five-kilometer block, so he's in that group. For a 5K block, I think he's gone to sub-three minutes for five kilometers, and he just blew the entire field yeah. away. So uh, to win back-to-back marathons, in fact, uh, there's you can look at anything on the web about who the greatest marathon runner of all time is, and I think all roads lead to Elliot Kipchoge and his performance this year. We're off to another break. We're back shortly to talk some ashes with Gary Birkinshaw. We've got a whole bunch of thank yous as our 
first year on the air comes to a, comes to a close with SEM, but it's been awesome, Buttes, to get the band back sure. together. How good. So well, You know what I've loved most of all? He's yeah. going to all the various locations. Being out there amongst the people, being out there seeing all the different sports, it's been fantastic. And even with COVID, it didn't matter. We were able to go to Shelley Beach, but it was, it's been... And the way that people have embraced us. And to highlight what Central Coast athletes have done. Yeah. So, quick commercial break here. We're back in a moment. Saturdays on the Coast on SEM. BJ Howes Meadowland, the Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Final break of the year, and we're live from Gosford Sailing Club. A quick shout-out to some people that we love. Uh, Miss Lizzie is listening. Lizzie B. Yeah. She's up in Brisbane. Yeah, and she sends a message to us via Instagram saying, love your commitment to Central Coast Sport. Yeah, no, it's all, it's awesome. Um, and you guys have supported me in, in a big way um, and, and all the, the Central Coast athletes over, over this year. It's been awesome to have this show to come to. Yeah, our great mate uh, Ash Gavinlock, we called him a couple of times. Mm. Uh, he was the man who kept the NRL going through COVID lockdowns. Uh, Ash, uh, currently in Brisbane for the Brisbane Bullets. I thought he might be over at the Adelaide Oval because he also works with uh, Cricket Australia. Uh, he's going to... He's finally heading home. Can you believe this? He's going home finally. After keeping the NRL afloat, he's uh, doing the Brisbane Bullets, then going via Byron Bay and uh, heading home at long last. And uh, Ash, thanks for your support. To Mandy Allen, my beautiful mum, listening oh. from uh, Palm Beach on the Gold Coast. Uh, she says, suddenly in Queensland, everyone's got a mask on. Mm. So, oh yeah, very interesting times we live in. Yes. Hey, let's go to our... Final guest, or maybe our penultimate guest. Oh, perhaps. Gary Birkinshaw. Good morning, mate. And the Aussies well on top. In fact, we lead by 456 runs as we approach day three at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, g'day, Steve. G'day, Butch. Yeah, they certainly are well and truly on top at the moment, Australia. They uh, gained the ascendancy after winning the toss and batting, and then uh, you know, they really ground out a good first inning score and two late wickets last night certainly helped. They were very patient in their batting. Uh, the pitch obviously wasn't accommodating, uh, but I liked the way that Warner, Labashane, Smith were just patient, went about their business. You know, they're naturally free-flowing scorers, but they were patient, and they it was almost a little bit, of, especially that first day, was a little bit of old test match style where, um, you know, you got 220-odd runs, you know, a long, long day for the Englishmen in the field, and they had to endure that the following day as well. Yeah, look, I think uh, that they, obviously their game plan was you know, the danger for the pink ball test is obviously the, the last session. And, and Australia made sure that they really had their, their best set batsmen in there at that time. And, and any advantage that England really had was, was taken away because they were bowling to, to two set batsmen. And, and you know, as you said, a very patient. It was old-style test cricket, but certainly it's paid off uh, as, as it stands at the moment because they've still got that good first innings total. Gary, I think only one real negative, and that's Marcus Harris uh, only made three runs. Everyone else in the runs, Warner 95, Labashane 103, Stevie Smith, captain for this test, 93. But uh, Michael Nisa, wow, uh, absolutely incredible. He's had more 12th man starts than any player in history. He makes 35 or 24 and then takes his first wicket. Yeah, look, how, how good was it to see him actually get a chance? Unfortunately, with Pat Cummins out through the, the COVID protocols, but uh, Nessa probably wouldn't have got a game. But he, he's been around the squad, and he's been a solid performer at Shield level and Australia A level for a number of years now. And you know, coming in and did a good job with the bat, and then getting that, that wicket late on uh, day two, certainly 
got his confidence up and certainly his worth in the side. So uh, I expect him to do pretty well today as well. And as you mentioned earlier, Marcus Harris at the top probably probably spots you know, in a bit of jeopardy at the moment, I would have thought. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. And Kerry, uh, Kerry, Alex Kerry, uh, with a, you know, 50, which was great, his first Test 50 uh, on his home soil. Great to see him do well. Yeah, look, he's fitted in very seamlessly, Kerry. He's been around the, the scene. He had the Adam Gilchrist entry to Test Cricket, really, by having a real good apprenticeship in the one-day side, the T20 side. So he's been around the guys, and look, he's just fitted in seamlessly. He's batting uh, down the lower row there. Bit good uh, stability down there, and he's keeping it being first class, which... You know, as it's shown with England, you know, you're making sure we take the chances. They've got nine catches so far in three innings. So, you know, it, we've been able to have that with Kerry doing a good job behind the stumps. Gazza, it's, it's lightning Luke King here, mate. I'm just uh, I'm looking at some of these headlines from, um, from the, the cricket this week. They're, they're describing England's performance at the moment as a disintegrating, it's a horror show. Diabolical. Have, have these guys got any chance of coming back? I mean, we love seeing the, the Aussies dish it up to the Poms, but, I mean, are we going to get a contest here? I think it was great to see you in there, Lightning, mate. Great job in Bassett last week. Uh, uh, Thank you, uh, mate. One thing, uh, uh, one thing, I suppose, British press, they love it, don't they? They just, uh, you know, two weeks ago, they were into the Aussies saying that we're a rabble, and now after we've played you know, one, one test in two days, that they, there's no coming back for England. But I think they're really strong, because I don't think their batting is that strong. Once you get the, you know, they've lost two early wickets, Milan and, and, and Root in there now. If they can break this partnership, like what happened last week in the second inning, I think that they, they'll struggle to get a decent total, and... Uh, you know, Australia will bat again and, and set them a, a, you know, a, a total that's out of reach on the last day. Yeah, I want to finish with some highlights in Central Coast cricket, but Butes, you're an expert here. England, they got their line and length wrong, and they're impatient. If they had to stay with you know, a good line and length all day, they might have got results. What are your thoughts? Well, I think for me, they obviously had a game plan, and they weren't steering away from it. And unfortunately, I think, similar to what we saw in the first Test match, Whatever they've planned, they haven't been able to adjust based on the conditions, based on the circumstances, based on the outcome or the result. And, and dropped far too many catches. And it just makes oh. no sense to me. Like, as a coach, Gary, you've got to be able to adapt and have a plan B, a plan C, and, and be able to, you know, if your plan that you've come in with isn't working, you've got to change something because you're 500, almost 500 runs behind. And, and Gary, it helps if your wicketkeeper isn't Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> He <laughs> dead right. That was a, a poor miss. But you're, you're right there, Butch. You know, good, good leaders. You know, have are able to adapt to situations. And if the plan, main plan is not working, well, let's go on to something else and, and and give that a go. But when you're playing the pink ball test, everyone says about how the pink ball moves around. You're not going to get the ball to swing and move off the deck if you're going to hit it halfway down the track all day yeah, with with then five men behind the bat. It's just it just didn't work. And then they had late yesterday morning that Robinson comes in, pitches the ball up, and all of a sudden the ball starts doing everything. So you know, they uh, missed, a, missed a trick there big time. Hey, Gary, in 25 words or less, what are your highlights in Central Coast cricket in both men's and women's? Okay, obviously for, for last year, was obviously beating Newcastle for the first time in the country championship. Although we didn't win the country championship, to beat them was was quite good. And for the women, they got to play uh, representative cricket uh, in, for a multi, multi-day multi carnival country championship for the first time. All Central Coast girls didn't win a game, but certainly uh, certainly did, did themselves proud. And the fact that the women's game just keeps on growing, I couldn't be prouder of that. Hey, Perko, thank you so much. Yeah, you've been uh, outstanding. For, for everything you've done for our show, the incredible support, uh, sharing our show on social media. Yeah. We absolutely love the job you do. The world's best administrator, there he is. Gary Burke. Hey, sure. hey Burko, could you please send a memo to Marnus Labuschagne that if he's got a bat for a reason and to not 
shoulder up when the ball's about to hit the stumps. Yeah, and I know Mate, that he's been doing some commentary, and Steve-O used to like commentating. When I played AFL, like mm. God often, Steve-O whips around on the right, 50 <laughs> metres out, bangs and home. Great stuff go. from Alan. <laughs> Oh, mate, but just, that, was just, that was just Emery Banks. That just comes flooding back to me now, mate. Uh, well yeah. done. And, uh, yeah, with, and with, with Marnus not letting the ball go, I think he learned from Cameron Green in the first test. Now, he's got to yeah. use a bat. That's what it's there for. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, say a few thank yous before we wind this show up for 2021. First of all, uh, this started with a cup of coffee with uh, Brad Banks uh, at Two Birds Cafe at Tawoon Bay. And at first I thought, I'm not sure this will go anywhere. But to Brad Banks, who believed in the concept, uh, thank you so much. Jeremy Markham, Craig Hutchison. Mm. Uh, what a legend of broadcasting. And they fully supported the show. And Butes, we've got to be proud of this because now there's shows like this emerging right around the country. I was going to say, Steve, when you said we didn't know whether it was going to go anywhere, well, it has. You know, we've got three other regional areas now that are sort of duplicating what we've done here. And uh, I guess we are the the catalyst, the forefront, the the, the leaders. Prototype. The prototype. Well, it's not the homologation special. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not a great prototype, but nevertheless, uh, they're obviously taking it you know, to other regional areas, which is fantastic. Yeah, I also want to thank uh, Talia Blanchard came on with us through the Olympics and Paralympics, mm-hmm. and I thought she just did a wonderful job. Thank you, Talia. Hayden Knowles. Yep. Now, if Matt Horsnell is one of the world's best coaches, Hayden Knowles isn't far behind Train him. Train it to the stars. He gave us so much insight through the State of Origin period, through the Penrith Panthers' run to the grand finals. Yep. Uh, H, a heartfelt thank you to you. Ian Rebilliard, who was incredibly supportive. Uh, Graham Carroll, uh, incredible swimming coach. Mm. And, uh, you know, joined us right through that Olympic period with so much insight behind the swimming campaign and also the Paralympics. You forget how many good guests we've had on and, you know, they've given their time to us and, you know, provided an insight into so many things relating to sport. It's been awesome. Who else do you want to thank? Oh, mate, I want to, I want to thank Jess, our third wheel. Yeah. So I know she hasn't been on for the last couple of months, but she was fantastic and it was great to have her alongside us and working together. And we tried to get her on the show uh, this, uh, this morning, but uh, didn't have much luck. But to Jess, thank you very much. You did a great job. Yeah, and we can't say enough. Uh, thank you to James Battle, the technician. Thanks yep. to Pete, the technician. Correct. Thanks to Josh Kine, mm-hmm. our technician here this morning, and also Adam Staples. Staples did back, a great job back home. Back and- at HQ. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you in 2022, January 15th. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.